I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated at feeling tired after vacation. We were on vacation with our eight children uh, for a week. And I'm just, I'm frustrated that I haven't accomplished more in my home and accomplished more at the church and that I haven't all these things. And the Lord just spoke to me out of 2 Corinthians and said, my grace is sufficient for you. Actually said, is my grace sufficient for you? Will you allow it, Liz? Will you take hold of it this morning? Will you release yourself into my care? Will you allow me to restore your soul? Or will you continue to try to do it on your own through accomplishing the things you think must be done? And it was such a good conversation or wrestling match. (laughs) So this morning, I'm coming. I'm coming thankful for the presence of God. We will host the presence of Almighty God this morning. We'll welcome him into this place. And we will come into his presence with thanksgiving. And we will come in humility. And we will trust him to be God. And we will simply just receive We'll come boldly into the throne room and ask for what we need and we'll receive it from the hands of a loving and good father. So I implore you this morning to trust in him, to come to him with open arms, releasing and receiving equally this morning. Stand with me, church. We're going to do a call to worship. I've not done it out of the Malachi before, but I thought I would do it today because coming back from our vacation, the Lord just, every morning I'd walk out on the beach early before the sun would come up and I would just see those beautiful orange rays of light coming up. And every morning, every morning I was just reminded of how good God is, of his faithfulness. Yeah, that was what I was, mine was a beach view, but yeah, like the colors behind me. Every morning, I would just be reminded of his goodness, his faithfulness, his mercy, that it was new every single day. And I just want to worship him this morning. Church, will you worship him with me this morning for his goodness, his thankfulness, his presence is here, church. It is here. It says in Malachi 1, verse 11, For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, My name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. So Lord, we come before you and we worship you. We thank you for your name. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for every attribute that you are of mercy, of grace, of truth, of love. So, Father, we come before you with our hands raised, with our mouths singing to glorify you in this place today. We worship you, we honor you, we give you praise in your precious name. Amen. Let's worship. I read the scripture often. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, it says, and this is the Apostle Paul, it says, but he said to me, but God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, (laughs) I'm not there. In persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know about you, but when when I have hardships and difficulties, I feel like I'm being punished or that I've done something wrong or that somehow I've gotten off of the way. Because obviously, if I'm walking in blessing, then everything's going to just fall right into place. And yeah, sometimes it's just like you can feel the favor of God and things just kind of tumble into place. But we're walking out this road of sanctification and this road of salvation. And 
He's glorified through us. When we lay down our lives, when we surrender and stop fighting, I'm a fighter, you know, give me that hardship. (laughs) I'll take it out. (laughs) So I encourage you today, church, as we come to the communion table, you're going to come down these aisles straight at the table and you're going to circle back to your seat so you're not a fish swimming upstream. Um, you're going to circle back around. You're going to take your elements and you're going to hold on to them because we're going to take communion together. And if you're gluten-free, those elements are on the plate in the middle. So we're going to do that. And as we partake of the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are making a statement. We're not just doing the routine of church. We're not just participating. This is not a tradition of men. This is a, this is a sacrament of heaven. This is powerful and supernatural, an impartation of grace that cannot be found anywhere else in the whole world. You will not find anything out in the world that can do what this, the elements on this table will do when taken rightly in the spirit of God, in remembrance of his sacrifice. So church, I encourage you today to partake in communion if you are a believer in Jesus. If not, today is your day. But I encourage you this morning, church, to receive Jesus again and again and again to receive Jesus this morning. So I release you. You can come down and get your elements and Pastor Jason will come up and we'll partake of communion together. As we opened this morning, we talked that God is a God of restoration. He's a restoring God. And he is able and capable and willing to to restore every area of our life. And we know that ultimately when we reach heaven and when we see him in heaven, we will have complete restoration of all things. All things that were lost, he will make all things new again. But even when we walk on this earth, what we are partaking of this morning, his body broken, his blood shed, makes a path of restoration for us in this life, in this day, today, September, we were on vacation, whatever it is, 2023, I know that. So here we are on this day, this body, this blood, as real today as it was over 2,000 years ago. And when we partake of it, this morning, I want us to recognize the restoration power of Jesus Christ, the restoring of our bodies, of our spirits, of our souls, of every area of our life. And whatever it is that you walked in here with this morning that you're seeking the Lord for restoration, I just want you to picture that this morning. Just picture that whatever it is, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something you've been struggling with and you just need restored back to God today. Praise you. Praise you. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel by the Spirit of God that there is someone here today who is carrying shame about sexual sin of their past and that that shame that they're holding to is allowing the enemy to torment them and cause physical pain and physical harm in their bodies. So if that's you this morning, you don't have to raise your hand. But I just feel the Lord saying... It is by faith that I restore you in the name of Jesus. You are clean and you are whole. 
There is no harm that you have wrought on yourself or that has been wrought upon you that I cannot heal, and today I do heal you, says the Lord. And I restore unto you a purity of heart and mind and body that if you would take hold of will be yours today and forevermore, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. Praise you. Father, we just thank you. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. No greater love than to lay down one's life. Your body broken, your blood shed for us, for our restoration. Lord, we receive that today. We receive that cleansing, the wholeness, the complete restoration. We receive it, Lord, in your precious name. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed. He took the bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Church, stand with me. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. And I, would, I just would encourage you this morning. If you walked in here needing restoration in any area of your life, whether it was physical, emotional, maybe it was a relationship, you needed restoration. You walked in desperate for God to do a move and a work. I'm telling you, he's doing it. It's done on the cross, and I want you to come up here during this last song, and I want you to praise him for it. I want you to receive everything he has for you today. Come up front. We're not going to lay hands on anybody. We're not going to pray for anybody today. Just come up and worship him, and thank him for the restoration power of who he is. In Jesus' name. I was in the back doing the uh, sound, and I'm like, should I go up? And I just felt the Lord say I needed to share something. Uh, this, yeah, just the other day, not yesterday, but the day before, I woke up in the middle of the night gasping for air. Um, Pastor Jason's told the story of that struggle, and uh, it's not something that happens to me normally. Um, but I woke straight up, sat, you bolt straight up when you can't breathe, and you're just like, <gasps> and you're trying to suck air in, and it's just kind of the scariest thing you could kind of feel in that moment. Um, but I've had, I'd experienced it quite a while ago, and so I knew what was going on. But as soon as I was, my air came back, uh, I just felt the Lord, I heard him speak to me and said, when are you going to be desperate for me like that? I want you to be as desperate for me as the air that you're breathing, that you need to live. And it really kind of shook me for the next whole day, all the way till now. It's like, you know, it's very easy to not feel a desperation for God in light of all that we go through every, every day, all the things that come your way, all the distractions. But Jesus, our Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, our God, desires us to be desperate for him. Like when you fall in love with somebody for the first time and you just, you got to call them, you got to be with them, you got to be close to them. He desires that type of intimacy with us, that closeness. When he says that, when he tells people, depart from me, I never knew you, that word knew is 
the same word used for a marriage covenant, what you are experiencing between a husband and a wife, that type of closeness and unity. It's not just the knowing of a name. But I really feel the Lord just calling us to be desperate for him. And how do we do that? We have to recognize that we need him. It's so easy to go through the day and think we don't need God. Oh, I have. I spent my time with the Lord and, you know, I worshiped a little. But no, it's like it's like the air that you are gasping for when you cannot breathe. That is the type of intensity that he is calling us to, to be with him and to draw near to him. And I'm, I was convicted in my heart. And I just want to encourage all of us, grab hold of him. Let's just sing that chorus again and just grab hold of him like the air that you breathe, like the water you need to drink when you are so thirsty, you don't know what to do. And just say, God, I'm desperate for you. I want to know you. I need to be close to you. I want to hear your voice. I want to seek your face. I want you to know me deeply. I want to know your heart. And just cry out to him with everything we've got. Because when we call out to him in this way, and when we are desperate for him, he does not cease to come towards us. He runs to us as quick as he can to give us the air that we need and the life that we need. So let's sing it again. And I just want to encourage all of us, just pour out your heart to Jesus. Don't care about the person next to you. If you want to raise your hands, come up here and bow down. Whatever you want to do, just go after Jesus with your whole heart in this moment. thankful that Pastor Andy came up out of the sound booth to share that. And as um, as I was worshiping and just worshiping and praying, I felt the Lord say, Liz, what propels you to see your need? How will we see our need for him? How will this desperation for him be born and sustained? I go once again to 2 Corinthians in chapter 12, and I'll reread verse 10 that says, This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It is in the weakness and in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties that my desperation, my need for God is apparent. So why then do I despise them so? Pride. Because <laughs> I don't want to need him. I remember being like 17, 18 years old and the Lord was just working on my heart and just trying to woo me. And I was so annoyed. I don't want to need you. I don't want to need to pray to you every day to get through the day weak. It's just pride. Pride of life. Pride of self. And the father of it is Satan the devil who seeks to destroy our lives. But because Jesus made the way and conquered the devil, conquered every lie, conquered, he has no power Because of that in now, my eyes are open. I see pride and I say, no, you are my enemy in my weakness. I will welcome God. Help me. I don't even want to say the words, church, but God, I will say that I will welcome weakness. I will welcome hardships and insults and persecutions for your sake that I might know fully my need for you in every moment, in every breath. Let it be known here and now that your leadership of this church can do nothing without him. Nothing. So if you want something done, go to him because we will be at his feet. We can do nothing without him and neither can you. But I love how he just brought it all around. Desperation for Jesus. That is the way. 
I just was struggling yesterday. Uh, Post-vacation, just, oh, I was struggling. And I said, Jason, I just don't know the way. And even as I said it, I just felt Jesus go, really? <laughs> and I didn't mean that, but it, he is the way in every way. In what I meant, he is the way. What I was discussing, I just don't know the way. But he is the way. Our desperation for him, our hunger, our thirst, our vital need of him is the way. The way that he is glorified, the way that his power is shown forth, the way that your bills are paid and your body is healed, the way that your marriage is made strong, the way that your children will be rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus forever and ever, the way they will grow to be warriors for his kingdom. He is the way. The only way, the only truth, the only life. So, Father, we thank you. We magnify Jesus this morning. We glorify you for your presence here this morning. We thank you that you meet with us. Whether we are five years old or 95 and everywhere in between, God, you are for us. You know us, Father. Let it be so that we would know you and be known by you. Father, I pray over this congregation of people, over this body of believers, from, the t- from their leadership down to every infant in the nursery, that we would live lives where our eyes would be open to your Holy Spirit and all that you would have us see, Father, that we would know deeply, truly our need for you, Father, that we would bind ourselves to you. Father, it is only by your power, only by your mercy, only by your Holy Spirit that it would be so, God. So we invite you now, God, have your way in us. Father, keep nothing hidden from our eyes. And Father, in those areas where we are willfully blind, Father, forgive us. We say, come, Lord Jesus, and open our eyes. that we would see rightly, that we wouldn't be distracted by all that glitters in this world, all that pulls and yanks with urgency, that we wouldn't be distracted, Father, but that our eyes would be fixed on you. Father, I thank you for Jesus. We magnify Jesus in this place. We lift him up high above all things in this place. In each heart, Father, we magnify Jesus today. We give you all the glory and the praise and the honor that is due your holy and mighty name. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Okay, so it's so difficult to go just from... from the powerful and rich presence of God into logistics. But I want to transition because I want to hear the word preached with power. Um, So right now we're going to take a break. We take a little break. We pull the lights up and we give you all time to move and stretch and reset your attention span for heaven. During this time, if you have tithes and offerings to bring to the Lord, you're sowing them in this church and that's wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, but you're, you're sowing your tithes and offerings to God. And if you are led by his Holy Spirit, then you will never sow in vain. That's all. Your tithes and your offerings come up here um, during the break. Bring them joyfully before the Lord this morning. Um, what else? I know. Just give me a second. Yeah, there's the list up there. Uh, the nursery is open for your babies, uh, ages zero to three. Little's ministry is open today. That's for children ages four, five, and six. If you have a three-year-old, don't try to sneak them in there. I'll tell you, there's a world of difference between a three-year-old and a four-year-old. So for the sake of the teachers, please, if they're zero to three, the nursery is awesome. There's some really cool stuff in there, even for three-year-olds. Because um, I worked hard on that to make sure that they wouldn't grow bored. Anyhow, that ministry is open. If you are a guest with us, we welcome you. 
um, there's a connection card on the back of the seat. That is a place for you to put your email, and we'll send you a welcome email. That's all we do. It just hooks you up with some information on our church, on this body of believers. Um, you can fill that out, and it can go in the, in the offering buckets up here. And if you have children who are older than age six, so seven and up, during this break, they can head over to Kid Corner. And in Kid Corner, we have a bag, and it just has little things for them to do while they're listening to the sermon. So I release you, greet one another, fellowship with one another, and we'll come back together in about five minutes. All right, friends. Let's wrap up all our friendliness and head back to our seats. I often call my kids friends. I'm like, you know, good morning, friends. And one of them said, why do you call us friends? I was like, I don't know. Jesus did. Now I call you friends. So I call them friends, even though I'm their mama. All right, announcements. Uh, first announcement is that there is no Women to Women this month. Women to Women is taking a September vacation. Uh, Well-deserved. And then beginning in October, starting on October 11th, they are moving Women to Women ministry to the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month, and it will be held at Marine's house. So if you want that address, if you are interested in going to Women to Women um, for relationship, for Bible study, for the presence of God, uh, please let us know. Contact the church at ECF at ecfchurch.org. So that is all the news on Women to Women. Um, Luciano Group will be meeting tonight at 6.30 in the sanctuary. Um, right here, they meet. It's for everybody. Um, it is an open group, and Paul is an awesome teacher, uh, experienced teacher. Man, he, ha- he lives it out, and he has lived it out. So uh, come tonight. It's every third Sunday, but that is tonight already, the third Sunday of September um, at 6.30 right here in the sanctuary. Uh, Next, we have worship night coming September 29th, which is a Friday. So mark your calendars for this. Um, It's Friday at 7 p.m. on the 29th. It's here in the sanctuary. This is different than our first Wednesday. So on first Wednesday of the month, we have a worship and prayer night. This is a worship night. So this is more songs in general. Sid, don't smile at me. I get it wrong all the time. She, she sent us the description of what each one is because she's very purposeful. Boy, your worship leader, she is intentional and purposeful, and she studies and she grows in worship so that she can lead us all in worship. So it's amazing, and I mess it up every time. The worship night has more songs. That's what I know. Um, it is just more focused on worship, and it she really works to do songs that minister from us to him, to the Lord, from the Lord to us. Songs that tell the story of redemption, you know, tell the whole story. Songs that are personal, about our personal experience. There's so many different worship songs. And it's like a diet. If you only, okay, let's listen, I'm going to teach on worship like I know. She, we should have her come up one Sunday and teach on worship. Um, if you have a diet of only those personal experience songs, you're really gonna, your focus is really going to turn inward, and you're going to miss out on those songs that focus all on him, which actually are my favorite ones because it just puts everything in, in its right place. So the worship night really hits on that whole spectrum. Um, so come. <laughs> I'm going to go down after church and be like, you got that all wrong. Anyway, September 29th, Friday at 7 p.m. Mark your calendar. Last announcement. I don't know. Do we have a slide for it? We do. So this has been something that's been on our heart, me and uh, Pastor Jason's heart for a long time. There's a lot of new people here. So this is a newcomer lunch. It will be happening October 8th, directly following church service. So as there's no start time, you have to come to church. (laughs) And when church is over, uh, we'll go up to the Rose Center and um, we'll have a meal together. And um, we'd like you to come. If you are new, if you are, have been, you know, been coming, I don't know, past six months or eight months, if you consider yourself new, so Mike and Barb, not allowed to come. <laughs> Ruth, nope, can't come. Uh, Jason and I have been attending ECF Church for 24 and a half years because it's as long as we've been married. But we get to go. Uh, uh, we're going to eat together. We're going to have a meal together. And we want to share our hearts with you. We want to tell you a little bit about who we are, who 
who this church is, this body of believers. We're part of the big church. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue, we are just a part of a bigger church. But this community of believers, we want to sit down and introduce you to who we are. I am so big on expectations with my kids and with my church. What can you expect of us as your senior pastors? What what can you expect? What do we expect of the people who attend and who who step into the community and say, yes, we want to be a part? Um, so that's what this is for. Um, it's just to to really get to know one another. So the sign-up sheet is on the back table. Um, you you do have to sign up to attend to make it easier for me to order food. So if, if that's you, if you're a newcomer, please sign up and come and have a meal with us because we would, we would love that. That's on October 8th, directly after church. And that's all I have. Pastor Jason. All right. Lots of announcements today, which is good. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, we are back from vacation. Woo-hoo. We had a great time. So I appreciate, one, it was over my birthday. So thank you for all the birthday wishes. I, I don't participate in social media, but I know there was a post about my birthday on social media, and a lot of people liked it and said thanks. And so uh, Liz let me know of all the thanks and all the birthday wishes that I got through social media. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you for the prayers uh, for our trip as well, because I'll tell you what, God did work some miracles, and he did some really cool things, and I'll share a few of those uh, here when I start my message. So uh, it's been a, great, been a great time. I know you guys were blessed last week. Uh, yeah, I mean, how many were here last week and were blessed? Reverend Jeremy and Jocelyn Gall were here, uh, did a great, great message. I listened to it. Uh, phenomenal job, as always. And I believe Sid did a really good job on announcements, too. So I think I'm feeling like I'm feeling like maybe Pastor Liz saying that she should do a message on worship is feeling a little bit more and more like a reality. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> She's like, what is going on right now? <laughs> what is happening? Why are they doing this to me? Uh, anyway, okay, so let me just, I have a scripture over our uh, tithes and offerings. I want to get into the message uh, this morning. It's out of Deuteronomy 8, verse 18. This is so good. This is one of my favorite verses. Brother Paul, probably one of your favorite verses too. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he. It is he who gives you power to get wealth. It's he. He's the one who does it. So we think, wow, this person is wealthy. This is that, or this is this, what all of this stuff. I don't know about giving. Why do churches always talk about money? God is the one who is our provider. God is the one who makes a way for us to have any of our income. Just like the air that we breathe, we were talking about that this morning, like like just even the breath that we have is from the Lord. You know that all that we have is from him. Every penny that you have in your bank account, whether it's two pennies or a million pennies, or a million dollars, come on, it's all from him. And we don't get to take any of it with us either. And so I believe the Lord, through this verse, is saying, hey, remember, I'm the one who has given this to you. And yes, it's a blessing to you, but I want you to bless others with it because, look, he, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers this day. God is talking about, I've given you this wealth for the covenant, which is for the kingdom of God, which is for the expansion of the kingdom of God, not so I can hold on to it, and it's not that it's wrong to have a 401k and have millions of dollars in your bank account for retirement, but you don't get to take it with you. What God is saying to us, he's the one who has given it to us, and he is encouraging us, challenging us to say, every penny I have is yours, Lord, show me what you want to do with it. And if he says, don't save for retirement, I want you to give this money to somewhere else or do a ministry or somewhere else, then I would highly encourage you to do it. Because what I have found out, when we obey the Lord's commands and we do what he asks us to go do, there is more on the other side anyway, and we don't have to worry about it. That's how he operates. That's how he works. And the more we try to hold it and hold on to it, with as tight as we can, the more it begins to slip right out of our hands. So that's, that's the message on, the, on tithes and offerings today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, 
Father, we thank you, Lord, that we are debt-free in the name of Jesus. We are speaking that in faith, Father God. You have called us to be that way, not only in our personal lives, Lord, but in this church as well. Father, thank you for every resource, Father God, that is needed, Lord, that is on its way, Father God, whether it's regarding the sound booth or kids' ministry or whatever it might be, Lord, you are providing and making a way for it in your precious name. Father, we thank you, Lord, we recognize today that everything we have is from you. And you have given us the ability to get this wealth or get money or whatever it is, Father God, that we have. And we just want to honor you with it. We want to give all that we have back to you, Father. We just praise you for it. And Lord, as we get into your word today, Lord, that you would open our ears to hear and our eyes to see how good you really are. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. So a couple, uh, as before we get into the message, and what I'll do is uh, I'm going to weave in a couple of these stories, I think, from vacation into it. But I just want to say, God is so faithful. He is so faithful. And I mentioned at the beginning of uh, the service today, is those sunrises, and even the sunsets were beautiful, but the, where we were positioned, uh, we were at Myrtle Beach, where we were positioned, God had blessed us with a place where we could literally, we could see the sun rise, and then if we came around and went to the other side, we could see the sun set right where we were. And that doesn't happen very often because usually, you know, you can only see one or the other. And God had blessed us with a place where you could see both uh, every single day. And I was just amazed, amazed, amazed every morning as I came up and those waves were just crashing down and the sun was rising and God just ministered, hey, I'm here, I got you, I got this, and he is faithful every single day. And the second thing, you know, we talked about a summer of miracles. I'll tell you what, God worked out. I don't know what Hurricane Lee was doing or where it was trying to come, but I know there was a lot of people in this church praying that Hurricane Lee would make a Northwood turn and spare Myrtle Beach. For whatever, whatever God ended up doing what he did, I am thankful for it because we got beautiful weather the entire time. And I'll tell you what. And the Lord, I don't know if some, some of you have gone on vacation and you said, Lord, even though, the, even though the weather forecast looks like rain, I am praying for good weather. And I kid you not, the Lord has done that for us time and time and time again. It would rain all evening and it would be sunny all day. It would rain all evening and it would be sunny all day. And just, God, he's so good and he is so faithful. Amen. Amen. Well, this week we're going to look at uh, the Beatitudes. We started the Beatitudes and what we're doing is a series on the Sermon on the Mount, and this is kind of the first portion of the Sermon on the Mount is talking about the Beatitudes, and there's eight of them, and we started a couple of them uh, two weeks ago uh, before we went on vacation. I want to kind of wrap the first four up today because we didn't really get to the number three and four in that much depth, and there's a few things I want to comment on number one and number two again as well because all four of them, they sort of go together. And there's sort of a theme of the first four Beatitudes and how they work together. So let's read it first together out of Matthew 5. I'm going to read the first couple verses here, and they'll be on the screen as well. In seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. When he opened his mouth and taught them, saying... So this is the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. I think I mentioned this last week. I don't know if you guys know this, but in... In all of the ways as far as getting, you know, doing a message or doing a sermon, they always say you want to get people's attention first, right? I gave you a little story about the, uh, about the beach. So you get people's attention first. And so I'm believing Jesus knows all things. And I'll tell you what, every word that came out of his mouth got people's attention. But it's interesting, this is what he started with. So to me, it feels like, man, we should probably take note of this, as well as the things he said right before he went to the cross. But here's what he says. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So these first four beatitudes. So what is a beatitude? A beatitude actually is a blessing. It's actually a blessing. It's not a, and we read them as like, this is something I need to be. Is it a be attitude? Like, I can be this attitude? Should I change my attitude to be this way? Well, in some ways, yes, that's what it is. But really, it's a blessing. There are blessings that are linked with our heart 
wherever our heart happens to be. How many of you know that? This, all this whole, all of these beatitudes is a message for our hearts. And it's interesting that Jesus starts us this way. He's not talking about our money. He's not talking about our businesses. He's not talking about how many followers we have on social media. He's not talking about any of that. He's not talking about how strong people look, how often they work out. Nothing of the way the world looks at is he talking about. He immediately starts the sermon right here, going after our hearts. How is your heart? What is the condition of your heart? And there are ways in which he kind of weaves these beatitudes in that make us kind of think of for a second, like, wait a second, poor in spirit. What does that even mean? God, what are you speaking to me in regards to this? And how many of you know that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart? So we all walked in here with our Sunday clothes on. You know, I like the shirt feels good. I think stripes going down make me look taller. Yeah, is that true? I know I might be 5'7", but I probably look 5'9 to all of you at the moment because I'm wearing stripes this way. Right, so we put all this effort and thought into what we wear and what we put on, and you know, I mean, I trim my beard real nice, I got a nice tan from the beach, and we're always, a lot of us, including myself, I mean, you look in, in the mirror. I mean, most of us, how many of you looked in the mirror before you came to church? Gosh, I hope you did. Okay. If you didn't, you probably should. <laughs> but it's our flesh. It's, 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 we're looking to see how we are appearing. So what is our appearance like? There's nothing wrong with you know, wanting to look okay and de- decent and work, all those things. But what God is talking about here, he's going right for the matters of the heart. Right to the matters of the heart. He, he, God is saying, I want you to mold your heart in such a way to have such this desperation for me in such a way that when you are these things, when you, when you seek me in these ways, there are blessings on the other side of it. And we don't do it for the blessing, but we do it because we know when God commands us to be a certain way or to act a certain way or to walk in a certain commandment a certain way, there are blessings on the other side of it because he loves us, because he cares about us. And so if we begin to look at these, so the first one here in verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I reviewed that one in more detail. I'm just going to give you a quick overview. So poor in spirit are those who confess their need for God. Doesn't mean you're poor. Doesn't mean you have no money in your bank account. Doesn't mean it's not talking about those things. It's talking about your heart. It means those who confess their need for God. And didn't we already talk about that today? Pastor Andy came up and talked about that. Pastor Liz talked about that. It's exactly what God wants us to walk away with today and understand. That this is a confessing of, I need you, God, in every area of my life. It's a spiritual bankruptcy. It's saying, without you, God, I can't do anything. Anybody who's ever filed for bankruptcy or understands bankruptcy, what it means is you basically can't pay your bills. You've accumulated so much that you cannot pay it back. And in the same way, God is asking for us to be in such a need for him, a spiritual bankruptcy to say, Lord, I need you in every area of my life. I cannot pay you back for all that you've done. I need you. I need you. You and this desperation of needing Him in every area of our life is as poor in spirit as those who confess their need for God. In my weakness, He is made strong. I believe we heard that verse today as well. God knew what was going to happen today, He knew what He wanted to talk about. In my weakness, He is made strong. I know most of us don't want to admit that we have any weakness, me included. We don't, we don't want to admit that we have weakness, but what God is showing, he's revealing in our heart, is that's pride. That's pride to think that you can walk in anywhere and do anything and be good at it at any time. That's, that's, how, I, that's how I've lived my life. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can play ping pong. I can beat you at ping pong. You want to rack up some pool? I'll beat you at pool. I'll beat you at soccer. I'll beat you at bat. These are all sporting events. That's why I think I could beat everybody. But I can't. 
And I have realized, and it's a silly example, but we have to realize that we, have the, we need to have a dependency on God. And in our weakness, where we don't come up and we don't meet the mark, he is the one who fills the gap. And the opposite of this one, the opposite of this is basically American culture. <laughs> That's why I think we're in such, you know, there's, a, well, there's many reasons but this is one of them. It's America, it's self-made, we're self-made. Self-made man, self-made woman. We can do this, I can do that. I, 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 me, me, me. Check it out, check it out. How many this, how many... It's all about you and how you look, your performance, your money, your power, your riches, your glory, all of this. And God is saying that is the exact opposite of how I want you to live. It's the exact opposite of how I want you to live. It's like, ah, I don't need anyone. You know, the opposite of this is what we'll call, as Jesus called out, is the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious people of the day and the religious people of today as well. To think that we can walk around and that we know everything and we've got it all figured out and that we don't really need God because we've got it all figured out. That's the exact opposite of being poor in spirit. And then there's an extreme version of all of these Beatitudes as well. And what I mean by an extreme version is this, is I have, I have counseled and coached and I've been in, in the business world and I've, I've told many people, your strength is also your weakness. When you use your strength to too, too much of a degree. So let me give you an example of that. So one of my strengths is being able to work with people and to get along with people. And I'm great at working with people. And so that's a strength. That's an advantage to me. But when I use it too much, meaning I will make bad decisions or poor decisions in order for people to like me, I have now crossed the line of using my strength and it becomes a weakness. You understand that? Or someone who is passionate, they're passionate about something and they get excited and they go, go, go. And that's it. Oh man, look at that strength they have as passion. But they unleash the same passion in an argument against their spouse or maybe their coworker or somebody else. So that's their strength going too far and becoming a weakness. And in these beatitudes, I have seen we all fall somewhere on this spectrum of these beatitudes and God wants us to be in a healthy place. And the opposite of this this extreme is that we actually become we actually act like we're so dependent on God we can't even move, we can't do anything. Like, Lord, I need you, I need you, I need you, begin to act actually helpless. And begin to not move in the situations. And what the Lord is saying is, we do need to need him, but remember that I am the great I am. I am the one who is all in all. I am the one who can do the impossible. And I am the one who you can count on and rely on and be in. So we we want to have this need for God, but you don't have to lay in bed all day long saying, God, I just need you. God, I just need you. God, I need you to help me get out of this bed. God, I need you. And he will help you, but sometimes we got to move our feet a little bit and get out of the bed and say, Lord, I'm trusting in you, and I need you, but I'm going to work. I'm going to school. I'm going to where I have to go do. And so there's this extreme that we have to be careful of as well, but I think most of us will end up in the side where we're too far on this side, and God is calling us to really turn this attitude upside down. The next one is this, is blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And what does it mean to mourn? It means those who grieve over sin. Those who grieve over sin. You are mourning over your personal sin. You are saying, Lord, the way I'm living, the way I'm acting, it does not line up with your word. And I am asking you, Lord, to help me. I want to repent from that. I want to move on from that. I I am grieving. This doesn't mean grieving, losing of a loved one. God does comfort those. How many know that? When we lose a loved one, God, he is a comforter. I would think that was one of our attributes that we use God as a comfort. He is absolutely do that. But in this case, what Jesus is talking about, not those who who lost a loved one, he is talking about those who are mourning over their own personal sin. And I haven't seen anybody in the Bible do this more so than, than King David. Than David, And if you guys know the story of David and the sins that he had and the sins that he did, and who, what was he called? A man after God's own heart. 
David didn't mean David was perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. None of us are perfect. Every one of us has made some mistakes at some point, probably since this morning since you woke up. Me included. I'm not going to share all of them. I got a list. It's not even noon. Okay? It's not even noon. I've got a list. But what the Lord is saying is in our heart, are we reflecting on our heart and saying, Lord, I don't want to live that way anymore. I need your help. I want to change. I want to repent. I want to be different. And there's a blessing that's associated with that is you actually will receive comfort. The Bible says confess your sins one to another so that you can be healed. He doesn't want you to stay there. He loves you too much to stay where you are. And the opposite of this, sometimes we can see this in the opposite, is those who take their sin too lightly. Nah. Nah. That's okay. Yeah, you know, I, whatever it is, I'll just give an example. You know, I use, you know, four-letter words, you know, not as often as other people. So that's okay. You know, I, I watch this TV show that has all kinds of garbage in it, but, you know, at least I don't watch that show. <laughs> I've heard so-and-so's watching that show on Netflix. Right? And we begin to almost categorize our sin or we put it in some kind of order of, well, these are the worst sins and I'm not there. So thank God I'm not doing these whatever. Well, I don't know. What are they? Where in the Bible, these, the Bible talks about sin and most of the sin are pretty much equally the same. There's a few that God talks about as being a little bit different or more because they are predatory or they're towards others but whatever is what I'm talking about here is we rank our sins and we say eh I told a little lie eh didn't harm anybody no I don't know so I think we go through this life and what the Lord is asking us to be is to be so aware of his commands and what the Bible says and to begin to say Lord I want to live a life that is worthy and holy Father God because you are worthy and holy and I can't do it on my own. I'm not able to do it on my own, so I need your help to do it. And the Lord begins to say, well, he shows us the path of beginning to confess our sins and to say, Lord, I forgive me for these sins. We begin to use the word repenting of our sins and turning away from those sins. The extreme in this case is that you beat yourself up day in and day out every time that you sin. The Lord does not want that. The Lord is not talking about that. That is condemnation. It is from the enemy, and he doesn't want you to stay there. Just because you sin, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short. He doesn't want you to stay. He wants you to recognize it. He wants you to see it. He wants you to repent from it. He wants you to turn from it, but he doesn't want you to sit and wallow in your sin. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. That's not... Yes, we recognize that, but that's not where he wants you to stay. He wants you to say, Lord, yes, I'm a sinner. I repent from that. I turn from that. And Lord, I thank you that you have saved me. Lord, I thank you that you are righteous so that I am made righteous. I thank you that I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So don't stay there. Recognize it. Understand it. But walk in a conviction of the Holy Spirit, not a condemnation. Yeah, look at that. You know those voices. You know those voices that are from the enemy. Yeah? There you go. Did it again. There you go. Did it again. Yelled at your kids. Watched something you weren't supposed to do. Start feeling bad. Begin. There's a whole, I did a whole message on the difference between condemnation and conviction. We won't get into that. But that's this, this version of understanding it and being able to recognize it and being like King David and saying, Lord, just, I release it to you, Lord. I release it to you, Lord. The third one. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meekness, in this case, in this situation, what Jesus is talking about, is those who humbly submit to God and others. Yes, there is this sense of uh, being a, like gentle. We think this just means being, oh, they're so gentle. Oh, they're so sweet and meek. This actually doesn't mean this. If you look at it, what it really means is those who are humbly saying, I will be able to submit to God, to your plans, and I will be able to submit to the authority that you have placed over me. And meekness is strength under control. Strength under control. It's like, a, you ever see a horse? How many of you watch the, uh, 
uh, movies, any type of movies where they're trying to break the horse. You know, or maybe you even know it. Maybe you own a ranch or something. I don't know. If you own a ranch, do, do not invite me to go horseback riding to your place. Okay? I'm just letting you know. I've told you stories about horseback riding before. Not my deal. Okay? It doesn't involve the ball or a bat or sports of any kind. So please don't invite me to go do horseback riding. Okay. You can invite some of my kids maybe, but not me. Anyway, what am I talking about? Oh, a, a horse. When a horse is broken, how strong is a horse? Have you ever, like, walked up next to a horse, which I have done recently, and you're like, whoa. Just the strength and the power that that horse has, this ability. But yet, you can lead it. When it's submitted under authority, you can lead it. And when you say it's time to go... Let's go. That horse is going to go. It's going to take off. It's going to do powerfully what it was called to do. But it won't do it if it's submitted, if it's under authority. It won't do it until the person who is in authority over it says, now go. Now go do it. And that's what this is. And I think and too often in our world is, you know, the opposite of this is this cavalier attitude. Nobody can tell me what to do. I'm not under anyone's authority. I can just, you know what, the moment you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you no longer get to do what you want to go do, and you no longer get to say what you want to say. End of story, statement, tweet that one out. I think Pastor Liz probably came up with that, I'm just using it. I won't say because I'm not on Twitter, or X, sorry, whatever. Understand, guys. We have to understand that when we've accepted Jesus and he has set up authority structures in our life that we have to be humbly submitted to that authority structure. And this is what he's talking about. And guess what the blessing is on the other side? For they shall inherit the earth. There is a blessing in the natural for those who are submitted under authority. And I've seen this before. I don't know who said it, but you cannot be in authority if you do not know how to be under authority. You cannot be in authority. You may think you are, but you really aren't. You cannot be in authority if you cannot be under authority. And I want you guys to know that as your senior pastors, we are under authority. We are under one focus now. We're under spiritual coverings, and we're under the covering of the Lord. And I believe that this meekness is when we humbly submit to God and others that there is this blessing of the Lord that happens. And I see it in the business world. I've seen it in my own career in the business world. That my goal when I show up on a couple days a week where I'm the CFO at a local company, my goal is to do what the CEO, you know, within reason, of course, it doesn't, if he asks me to do something that's wrong, of course I won't do it, to do what he asked me to go do and to make him look good. My goal was to make him look good is to bless him, to serve him, to say, hey, Keith, what do you need? How can I help you? How can I serve you? I'm here to support you. Not so I can be the CFO of the company and walk through the shop, you know, with my, going like this, whatever. I don't actually walk like that. My kids make fun of how I walk. You guys know how I walk? I'm not going to show you. Everyone's going to watch me now after this. I do this, I don't know. I walk funny, I guess, whatever. They like it. Okay, what am I talking about? Oh, about being under authority and, and, and the blessing that God has provided through that spiritual law. For this law, this, this promise, this thing that Jesus is talking about has been real in my life. Real in my life. The Lord has blessed us financially, inherit the earth. Blessed us financially more than I could ever imagine by operating in this principle. In this principle in our lives. So the opposite we already talked about, the extreme one is, the extreme one is, is being in timidity. It's saying, you know what, the, the opposite of that is being too far into this timid, not speaking up, like, oh yes, whatever you need, whatever you want, and, being, and getting basically, well, I don't know, what, what's that? Yeah, being a doormat, or being, you know, bullied, or being this, or being that. That's not what this is talking about. But that's where we go, oh, I just want to be meek, and I want to be mild. That's not what this is talking about. That's the opposite of that. And we can get too far into the extreme there. Then the last one this morning is, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. How many of you 
How many, how many of you know what it means to hunger or thirst? You can ask my little guy up front here. I'm hungry, Dad. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. He's a growing boy. He's hungry all the time. And this, this, this Bible verse says that Jesus speaks, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for his righteousness, for his kingdom, for his will, for his purpose, for his glory. That's what God is calling us to. He's asking us to just say, Lord, I want to do whatever you're asking me to go do. Whatever it is, this hunger and thirst is those who long for God's wills and his ways. You want God's will and his way in your life so badly that you are just seeking him for it. I don't want to go through the motions anymore. I don't want to go through the same thing over and over. Lord, what is your will? What is your way for my life? Reveal to me, show to me the things that you're asking me to go do. Being so hungry and thirsty for it. Down at the beach, man, at some point I was so thirsty from drinking salt water. It was crazy. I mean, you ever, if you, when you go to the beach and you ever suck in some salt water for a, a couple times and a few waves hit you, you become so thirsty. And God was like, I want you to hunger. I want you to thirst. Like you just drank some salt water over my righteousness, my will, my kingdom, and what I want for you. The opposite of this one is those who, you know, I can figure it out on my own. I've got Google. I've got my smartphone. I'll ask Siri. I'll ask Alexa. I'll ask whoever. Who are you going to ask? I'm going to use AI. I'll just ask a question and I'll let, it, I'll let AI figure it out for me. Artificial intelligence, you know, it writes the own thing, whatever, chat thing, whatever it is. That's the opposite of seeking. Lord, what do you want? What does your word say? What does your will say? Lord, I am seeking after you from my life. What calling do you have on my life? What will do you have on my life? What do you want me to go do? I don't have it all figured out. That's the heart he wants you to come to him with. The extreme one on this one is that you're just stuck. We've done this. As a family, we've done this. Lord, I want to know your will. I want to know your will. And so, Lord, we're waiting to hear his will. In the meantime, we're not moving anywhere. Right? We get stuck in the mud. Like, we become like, should I go to the grocery store or not? Lord God, tell me your will. Well, you need eggs and milk. So I'm pretty sure the answer is go to the grocery store. Yeah, but we get into this, into this life, like our spiritual lives. I can do nothing I w- without direction from the Lord. And sometimes you're like, well, sometimes you're just asking to go do things that, are, that you just have to go do. But there are other times where we do. We should check in. Lord, I'm going to the grocery store. Is there anything that I've forgotten on my list that you'll have me pick up when I go? And he'll probably say ice cream. <laughs> yeah? Ice cream. Yeah. Lord, I, got, I hear you. We hear clearly when it's something we want to hear, yeah? And sometimes the Lord tells us something we don't want to hear. He's just like, you want me to do what? No, I, don't th- I, I think I ate something bad. I am not hearing from the Lord correctly today. But the Lord will confirm his word, and he will show you. He will bring it through other people. But the blessing here is they are filled. How many of us want to be filled today? How many of you want us to be filled? Sid, if you want to come up here, I want to close. There's this, these beatitudes. <sighs> How, how good is it to feel when you after you eat a big meal? Not too much. But when you're hungry and you can sit down and you eat a wonderful meal, that sense of being full, that sense of being of just in his presence, in God's presence, knowing, and that's how we operate. Liz, Pastor Liz talks about this all the time. Our church services, you're like, why does it seem like it's so long and it's two hours? Because we want you to leave filled with every area of God's blessing. We want you to worship with him. We want you to take communion with him. We want you to hear God's word. We want you to fellowship together. We want you just to be together as a church family. And that's why we want to do it this way. We want to leave here filled. So the summary of these first four Beatitudes is they sort of go together. I'll call them the Beatitudes of the heart. So we confess our need. We confess our sin to him. We submit ourselves to God. And we long for his will 
and his ways in our life. There's a simple prayer that goes with this. I don't have it up there. I'll just say it and you can write it down. It's very simple. It's very easy. It says, Lord, I need you. I'm sorry for my sin. I will follow you and help me to grow. So Father, as we close this morning, Father, we thank you first and foremost for your presence today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that when we get into your word, it's not what the world does. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you see our heart. So, Lord, this morning, I just pray that each of us will leave with a refreshed sense of our need for you, to walk in accordance with your word, that we would submit ourselves to you, Lord. And Lord, that we long for your will and your ways in our life. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we need you. We need you. In every area of our life, we need you. And Lord, I pray that we would leave here with that sense of desperation of inviting you into every area of our life, knowing that we need you, and even in things that we think we have it all together, because we really don't, that we would invite you into every area of our life. And Lord, we declare this morning that we will follow you. And Lord, we thank you that you do speak to us and we can hear your voice. And you give us direction. And we give you all the honor and the glory in your precious name. Amen? Amen. Guys, we have some prayer teams that are going to be up here in the front. If you need prayer for anything, if it's healing, maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave here. Do not leave here without, if you feel the Holy Spirit just burning on the inside of you saying, I just need to go talk to somebody. I need to go pray with somebody. There will be people, they're actually coming up now, a few of them. They will be here. They will pray with you. They will just encourage you. And I can tell you this, your life will never be the same again. If you need prayer for anything else, a relationship, maybe a physical need, they're also here to pray with you. And as we close, let me just close with this scripture out of Ephesians 3. That may Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of of God. In your name, we love you. We praise you, Lord. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. Love you guys.